This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. But you got a guy like Josh Allen, rookie, um, playing extremely well last year. And obviously you don't know what's going on with the other defensive end. The defensive end play at Jacksonville has always been pretty good the last five, six years. Um, new rookie, Caleb on Chason, steps right in, um, getting providing pass rush, uh, which he certainly seems capable of. Um, but just from whatever I've seen of the Jacksonville Jaguars when I've watched the last couple of years, is they always seem to be very uh, aggressive, get good penetration, um, cause havoc in the backfield, um, get after the quarterback. Um, it's always nice to play behind that kind of a defense line. Dude, shout out to Joe Schober for pronouncing Caleb Von Chason's name right. Impressive. The very first time. He hasn't even met the guy yet. Impressive. I played football with Puzz for three years. I can't even pronounce his last name still. <laughs> I see you, Schober. Yeah, that's pretty you. good. I, I, you know, it's funny you said that. I thought the same thing when he said it. I was like, yeah. wow, he nailed that. Yeah. Like, he didn't even hesitate. That's a captain right there, man. Any guy that can do that, that's a, that's a captain that I want. <laughs> we just got, we just named Joe Schobert captain because he pronounced Caleb on Chase on hey, right. There you go. There you go, man. Doesn't take much around here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, we will talk about the captain part of this uh, in just a little bit. We want to stay on the defense and... I'm naming you the defensive coordinator, okay. uh, which people around here might like. Cause Stop the, the run. Anything but Todd Wash, a lot of people would say. Stop the run. So I want an identity on defense. What's your identity going to be? And you can't have it all. You just can't. I mean, Oof. all is too – very few defenses have all. Uh, again, I, I would say the Jaguars in 17, they were very good. Uh, unbelievable defense, really. Uh, they were measured against some of the, the great defenses in history for a little bit that season. But I would not characterize that defense as a, a violent, physical, punch you in the mouth. You don't want to get – it's going to be a cold tub for Monday and Tuesday kind of defense. Yeah. I just wouldn't. And, and by the way, that's not a knock. I just wouldn't. I, I think they were fast. I would think they were opportunistic. I would think they were athletic. I think they were playmakers. I think that's what their defense was. They they sacked the quarterback a bunch. Mm-hmm. They had a myriad of turnovers. Mm-hmm. They had defensive touchdowns. I did not say, wow, that was a bruising defense. Just didn't do it. So what would the identity of your defense be for the Jacksonville Jaguars, the way they're built? What would you rather have them? Do you want a more physical defense because people have to know coming in here you got to pack that lunch pail? Or do you want a a defense that can make plays for you so much so that they might score for you? You know, Uh, I'm going to get to that in just a moment. Uh, coming up here on Action Sports Jackson, you're welcome to jump in on that conversation. As always, 904-362-9901. Right now, we want to give a senior shout-out once again, and we're inviting uh, those entries and submissions to ESPN690.com. Go to ESPN690.com. We'll give a shout-out to a local student and a local student athlete uh, here in the area. And today, it's Emily Ramsden from Fleming Island High School. Mary Beth uh, is... A teammate of Emily's says, hey, Emily, you have done so much in high school over these past four years. I'm so blessed to know you from swim practice to working at Maple Street. You've been there for me through it all. Good biscuits at Maple Street. Yeah, I guess uh, she's also been there for me. I've been there a couple times. There you go. I don't know what I'm going to do without you next year, and I wish you could have all the senior festivities, but I'm so proud of how you're handling everything. You are such a hard worker and a great friend to everyone you meet. I'm really going to miss you next year. Dang. And go Knowles. Very nicely said. That's a good friend right there. That's a very good friend. Mary That's Beth, awesome. uh, To Emily Ramsden, Fleming Island 
high school. So uh, congratulations on this senior year. Man. Even though it's been a little bit different. Everybody gets you a Mary Beth. Everyone needs a Mary Beth in their life, man, to have your back like that. That I was agree. awesome. That is uh, very nice. Cool. Um, I have nothing nice to say like that to you. It's all good, but, uh, man. to everybody listening, ESPN690.com <laughs> is the place to submit for your senior and uh, give them a shout-out right here on the show from 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. And we're going to do that for a little bit. So uh, send them in. All right, back to the Jaguars' yeah. defense. This is like my interview process. This I'm is. coming in. Yeah. This really is. It's yeah. like I, I've got something in mind. I'm Shad Khan. Sure. Dave Caldwell, Doug Marone. And where, where are we at right now? Uh, Maple Street. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Awesome, awesome. So, <laughs> now we right. can. So, where, where are we doing the job interview? Well, right now we're on Zoom these days. Oh, okay, that's fine. That's fine. It's kind of a bummer, but it's fine. I mean, I would imagine most of the interviews for the Jags are done, probably like Ruth's Chris. Okay. Mm. Don't you think? Lobster biscuits go. Okay. Maybe Comfort Chop House. Okay. Just, right? just, just name dropping. Kind of overlooking free, the Just free advertisement. City. It's all yeah, good, I mean, man. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, where else? Maybe... Uh, what is it? What's uh, One Ocean? Oh, uh, yeah. Right there yep. at the beach? Yep. There You got Three Forks? Three Forks? Uh, possibility. Yeah. Capital Grill. River I mean, and Post? Let's, let's just get River and Post. Let's just give every business a little free shout-out right, today on the show. Yelp. We'll just start. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Where do you want to take a potential Jags candidate, though? Out by the beach? Because, man, I like I want to be here, so you go in the that Neptune Beach area? I think you got to do a little bit of research on the person. Wackos? <laughs> that, hence what why a, you need to do the research of, on the person. One of the best burgers in town, so I've heard. I don't Some know. That's just what I heard. Beach. I've never been there. I don't know, but I heard they had a pretty decent burger. Uh, all right. Well, we're at one of all those places. <laughs> okay. So distracted right now. Let's go. <laughs> He's moving on. And by the way, we might have been there after dinner. <laughs> do you go down to St. Augustine? <laughs> I, I think it's, no, I don't. I think it's too far. Yeah, you don't want to make us sit through that. Well, because you got stadium stuff you got to do. You know, I'm talking in normal times, yeah. not right right about now. But okay. Uh, the beach beach is relevant, or if you want to just go right after, go to Ruth's Chris across the St. John's River or Calford Chop House, one of those places right yep. near the stadium. you got plenty of options. But, Cut the uh, check, guys. Uh, the, I, I would actually be hesitant to go to the beach side because you'll run into a lot of former Jags coaches that might not say anything <laughs> nice about it. <laughs> It's a good point. Uh, Malarkey will be out it's there. Coughlin's out there. It's a good point. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's sit to downtown. You might want to stay let's downtown. Sit to the, the Riverside area, possibly. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, quite simply, mm-hmm. I'm interviewing for your for the D.C. job. Mm-hmm. And what, based off the personnel we have, mm. do you want your identity to be on defense? Well there, Mr. Khan. I think I can sum up your request in three words. Are you ready? I'm ready. Controlled chaotic violence that will be the identity of the jacksonville jaguars controlled will be in the right position will be will call the right plays and we'll make sure guys are lined up properly the the mental game don't worry about that i'll make sure i have my guys ready to go chaotic will be causing confusion we're on a 3-4 defense where we'll be given various looks depending on who we're playing, and they won't know where the pressure is coming from. They won't be able to identify what kind of coverages we're in. It will be complete chaos on that football field and violent. Let's be honest, man. The game's won in the trenches, right? The game's won and lost in the trenches. So with that being said, it will be featured with our front four, and it will also be featured with our linebackers. They will all preach a chaotic, violence um, kind of temperament, and if I don't get that, They'll be gone, and they'll be replaced by somebody else. Controlled, chaotic violence. Violence. 
I like that. Uh, and by the way, I just realized since uh, I am shotgun doing this interview, we're on the Kismet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Never been on there. Heard great things once again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we swam over from this Chris after. Uh, <laughs> we just got a jet ski and kind of traversed over. But yeah. uh, the... Yeah, that's that's an interesting way to say it. Take the violence away for a second. Okay. But the control and chaotic is different than what the Jaguars have been. Mm -hmm. One, they've been a little out of control at times. Correct. The discipline on defense has not been great. Mm -hmm. Preach. And they look out of place sometimes, like they don't all know what's going on. There are thoughts that Jalen Ramsey in the past has gone rogue on defensive calls and just done his own thing out of boredom or whatever else. And... Anything but chaotic. It's more been simplified. It's yep. a simple defensive scheme to just go out there and play fast. Yep. So I'll leave the violent part out of that. In case you didn't notice, last year teams were attacking our linebackers with the tight end the whole season. Well, and they've been doing that for years and years. Mm -hmm. And it's a weak spot in the defense if you can attack it the right way and you have the personnel to do it. Mm -hmm. We've seen some teams do it. It's actually faded a little bit in years. In the past year. It was so bad a few years back, and yeah. now it's gotten a little well, better. But Hunter Henry says what's up, and that guy from the New York Jets, who I can't even remember his name yeah, because true. he's literally Jessica, that, yeah. not even that on my radar, right. had a big day against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, and very few passing. What was that guy's name? Very few <laughs> passing big games last year because yeah. they were running all over the Jags instead. True. But that lends me to what you just said. The controlled nature of this is Doug Marone, Todd Wash, the Jaguars in general, mm -hmm. filled their personnel on the defensive side as they kind of replenished that side of the football with guys that are going to know where they're at and are going to be a little bit more stout against the run. Mm -hmm. So in, in, when you say stout against the run, I think your team's going to be pretty fundamentally sound. Correct. Right? So they've got big bodies. They've got a lot more girth up there mm -hmm. uh, up front. And then their linebacking core, all of a sudden, at times a weakness on this football team in the last couple of seasons, is now maybe the strength of your defense. Yeah. Uh, now the pass rushing room is pretty special right now, it looks like, too. So... uh the edge rushers. Mm -hmm. But I think that de that that linebacking group, we talked about it, I think, last week. You have Schobert, who you know is going to be fundamentally sound. I'm not sure he's going to go to a Pro Bowl and all those things. I don't know if he's going to be elite, uh, but you think he's going to be sound. He's an athletic guy. You've got Miles, who now can play more free, so that should free him up to play better and more sound, so he doesn't have to worry about everybody else and himself. Mm -hmm. And then you add some depth with what you have there, right? Uh, from Quarterman in the draft as a fourth-round pick, uh, who is a lot of what those things you just mentioned, kind of that controlled, chaotic kind of player. He, he, he's an ideal inside linebacker in a 3-4 defense. And Quincy Williams now has a year under his belt, can come along a little bit more slowly, isn't tasked to do so much Essentially on his just play. kind of throwing in the fire, you know, when obviously wasn't ready. Absolutely. So... Now you actually have some depth at that spot. I'd, I'd throw Lorente McRae in there or throw another name in there if you want. But this is not an area where the Jaguars, first of all, have been, I would say, superb since that 17th season when Telvin Smith and Miles seemed to play well, along with Puzz, who, who finished his career and in limited time played well. Mm -hmm. But now even you could add some depth to that room, and you're pretty comfortable with it. So I like what you said about controlled and chaotic, but it goes back to me when you say controlled. I think fundamentally sound, and we're going to be able well, to stop the run and not yes. leave these gaping holes, be out of our gaps, missed assignments. I think the Jaguars should be much more disciplined in that controlled phase you're talking I about. I mean, Shad Khan, you, you must be a fan of football, man, because you put the words right out of my mouth. Okay, when I say controlled, that's exactly what I'm talking about. When I say controlled, I mean guys are lined up properly, and you know what? Guys know what to do. They know their proper techniques. Because without that, Brent, 
the defense cannot work. Okay, if you have guys out there, and I think Quincy Williams said it brilliantly last year. Quincy Williams, when he first got to Jacksonville, they felt like his head was in a beehive. Right? It was just it was different. The, the calls were different. The speed was different. Dropping back into coverage was different from. It was different. Okay, and I think a lot of guys in that you know on that defense might have been a murder hornet in there. Ooh, there we go. Would also agree with him. Okay, and we saw it firsthand when guys weren't lined up properly uh, against the Panthers, the Texans. I mean, pick your team. Guys just weren't in the right spots. It's one thing to you know lose a football game because all right that team was better than you. Okay, all right that team was you know what they have better football players than you. I can't wholeheartedly sit here and say, when I look at the last season, on that defense that they just got out man, they got out gunned. No, the guys, for whatever reason, were not in the right spots. So that's where the control comes in. If you're not in the right spot, it doesn't matter. If you're hesitating, like, well, do I do this, do I do that? You've already lost, okay? Because the game of football, it's a game of inches. It's the most cliche thing ever. But it's also a game of seconds. And if you spend a second thinking, like, oh, crap, what do I do? That second means you just got beat. Yeah. Okay, so that's why I, I included control. That's my number one thing we got to preach here. And that's a good thing. And by the way, what you just said there, I remember several times on the wall that says it all last year. We yeah. show frame by frame, or, or maybe it was three or four frames later, but we're talking like a half a second later. Yeah. And, and player was in point A versus point B, and it was a wide margin. So you're not wrong about yeah. that. I mean, you've played it, obviously. It goes fast, and a half a second makes up. A lot of time. That's Correct. why speed does matter. And this team looks fast. I mean, this team, this Jaguars team has speed to it mm. on the defensive side. The next part you said is chaos. Chaotic, and so yep. chaos, a chaotic, I feel like is disguise. Nailed it. And the Jags have been very simple. My question to you is hybrid 4-3-3-4, is that enough to fool people? Is that enough to make people think a little bit, hesitate? add a little doubt on the offensive end just by mixing up those kind of defenses. Listen, you can be chaotic in a 4-3. You can be chaotic in a 3-4 or in a 3-4 hybrid or in a bear defense or an eagle defense. It doesn't matter what you call. You can be chaotic out of any of those. But what you have to do is make sure that you call the right place. Okay. Now, last year, we saw we saw hints of it, right? And I think uh, Todd Walsh was the guy that said that last year, you know, Yannick Ngakwe wasn't around, so they didn't really implement a lot of new things because the guys weren't around to implement those things, too. Okay, I mean, I'm going to sit here and say, you probably could have talked about it on the phone. You probably could have sent an email about it, and it would have reciprocated to him, but it is what it is. Okay, fine. So let's go into this year now. When I say that you have to be chaotic, I mean that you have to disguise things. You have to have an offensive lineman. You have to have an offensive coordinator sit in this meeting and go, you know what? These guys do this, but I'll be honest with you, they, they disguise it so well, I'm not sure where the blitz is going to be coming from. Is Miles Jack going to be blitzing? And is Josh Allen going to be falling back into coverage? Is Yannick Ngakwe coming? That's where the chaotic thing comes in. And that's what makes a 3-4 defense so great. Now, granted, you have to have the right personnel to do this. You have to have the athletes, the speed, and the recognition. And, you know, you have to be able to control, obviously, what is called. You have to do your job because let's be honest, Brent, a 3-4 defense, there's a lot more tentacles and there's a lot more things to know than a 4-3 defense. So once again, I go back to the first point, control. But once you have that down, then you you let it fly. You let Miles Jack blitz. Shoulder can come blitz. Um, you, you have a NASCAR package where you have Josh Allen, Yannick Ngakwe, and then you have Chase on. Oh, I'll say that again. Yeah, let's go ahead and have a NASCAR package with Josh Allen, Chase on, and Yannick Ngakwe. Can you imagine, Brent? Hey, don't worry. Those goosebumps will go away, okay? <laughs> those are the types of things that I'm talking about. Having those guys stand up, move across the line. You don't know who's blitzing. You don't know who's going to run a twist. Those are the type of chaotic things because guess what? 
you have the talent now, okay? You have the talent at the pass rushing position, and you have the talent at the inside linebacker position where you can do these kind of things. So that's where chaotic comes in. I've heard coaches say this on the chaotic front, though. Can you confuse yourself overall, right? Is it... Is it best to do what you do and know what you do, even if the other team kind of knows what you do because you know where to be? Or is it best to confuse things but at the risk of maybe missing an assignment, being out of place? Communication goes awry, especially on the road if there's a lot of fans in the place going nuts. Is that a risky thing to do? Kind of what the Patriots implement sometimes, right? Kind of this new defense every week type of thing. Is that risky, and especially with a young football team, is it risky? So I'm probably going to make a lot of defensive coordinators pull their hair out, ones that do still have hair, and I'm probably going to offend some people here that coach the defensive side of the ball. But, Brent, who was the best defense last year in the NFL? What would you say? What do you think? Uh, let's see. I would, I would say the New England Patriots. I, I think the Patriots hands down. I mean, I think they, they were statistically. Well, I mean, First statistically, they were unbelievable. Their scoring defense. I mean, everything was just yeah, how many touchdowns they score. So I think the Patriots last year were their best defense. Also spearheaded by one of the best defensive minds of all time, Bill Belichick. Okay. I come from the philosophy where you can do the same thing over and over again, okay? And you, you can tell the guys that, you know what? As long as we do our jobs and we do it 100%, the offense can't score on us, okay? And you know what? I used to show that kind of philosophy. I used to say, you know what? As long as it's simple, it's okay because as if everyone's doing their job on the same page, offense can't score. But the way the offensive-minded coaches work now, the way the Andy Reeds, the Doug Petersons, the way those guys work now, Brent, they will always find a weakness, okay? They, they will always exploit something. So that's why I'm a fan of what Bill Belichick does. Bill Belichick says a couple things. Number one, the top receiver, we're taking him out of the game. Okay? Don't care if it's DeAndre Hopkins. Don't care if it's A.J. Green. Don't care if it's D.J. Chark. Don't care. The one receiver will not beat us. Every single game, Patriots do it. Now, whether that's double-teaming them, whether that's putting Stephen Gilmore on them, whatever it is, the one receiver will not beat us. I love that philosophy. But then it's like, all right, who else can beat us? Who else on this offense can beat us? And that's where Bill Belichick's so genius, where he tailors the defense each week. Now, keep in mind, you have to have guys in that locker room that can do that. Right, Because it's hard to throw a new install, a new defense in every single week. You have to have the vets. You have to have the guys that are willing to go home and study at home as well, take their business home with them. When I see this Jaguars defense right now, we talk about what? The youngest team in the NFL. So that does make me nervous. But if it's me and my philosophy, I'm tailoring my defense to what an offense does well every single week. Interesting. Uh, let me ask you about this before I get into the well, last part. One more thing, and let's be honest. That philosophy, maybe... 20% of the NFL defensive coordinators show that philosophy because it's still an old way of thinking where everyone's like, well, you know what? If we do things our way, no one can stop yeah, us. Yeah. And that's where defensive coordinators are so stubborn. So you we we have the controlled part, the chaotic part, a little yeah. bit more disguised, fundamentally sound, going to stop the run a little better. I like hearing that if I'm shot con. It was bad last year. Yeah. I also like the idea that we're changing defenses a little bit. Uh, hybrid or four three, a little mix because we haven't seen that around here. And I'm in for something new. Let's try something new. Try something a little different. And I like to do things different than they've been done because, quite frankly, it hasn't worked since I've owned the team. Correct. But you, Austin Lane, <clears throat> Todd Wash, have come from <laughs> the four three scheme. I have. At one point, said as long as I'm here, I'm going to run the four three scheme. Yeah. How hard of an adjustment is that going to be for you that we now have personnel that better fits the 3-4, even though you're a 4-3 guy? That's hard, right? I don't know. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now. I'm, it's, it wasn't a question. I, I'm just talking to myself. It's hard. 
Okay? Because where I'm at right now as a defensive coordinator, there's ego involved. And there's ego involved in the standpoint of the way I've done things, I've done things for probably the last 10 years of my coaching career or whatever it is. Okay? Um, I learned a philosophy. I studied under somebody, and I've imp- I've implied that philosophy to my defense, and it's always been that way. But at the same time, I'm willing to adapt because whether it's the animal kingdom or the game of football, you either adapt or you die, okay? And the last year, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they died on the field, okay? Their defense, horrible. Couldn't stop a nosebleed, okay? Got out man, got out gun, say what you want. It wasn't good last year for their defense. So if I'm Todd Wash, I realize this, okay? And I think myself, I think look, look in the mirror and I go, you know what? I have a way of doing things, and I believe in it. But unfortunately, whether it's the personnel, whether it's the situation here in Jacksonville, it's not working. So will it be easy? Absolutely not. It's 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 always going to be a nightmare to install a new defense, especially to such a young group of players. Now we do have vets in the room now from Arizona, vets from Seattle. We have vets from Cleveland who have ran a three-four defense before, who've been in great locker rooms before, who know what they're doing. So with that being said, I'm a little more confident. Where yes, we have a young team, and with this landscape right now of COVID-19, it's going to be hard to get my message across. But that's where the vets come in. There's that's where the guys that you're paying your money to, Shad Khan, come in and help me out. Do the players like the diversity of a defense? Or are they going to have headaches Good question. all season? Good question. Because they're in their books all the time. They're yeah. asking questions all the time. They're not playing as fast. They're taking that half a second to think. Yeah. Do the players thrive even though... Four three three four, and again I go back to the. You can mention the the veteran guys, but yeah. we also have a lot of young guys on this team. So here's the thing: Do players thrive? I come from playing in a Mel Tucker four three defense that preached simplicity. Okay, and I love playing in that defense because it made my job easy. First second down, I come on the field and I stop the run. Okay, I play the tight end. I I'm and I'm ingrained with this in me. If a tight end's trying to block me, I throw him to the side. I was essentially, as Coach Collin would say, I kick his ass because you should be offended when a tight end tries to block you one on one. Any defensive end that gets a that gets blocked one on one by a tight end, just take your walking paper and get out, okay? Because that's the ultimate sign of disrespect. When a team blocks a defensive end one on one with a tight end, we'll see you, okay? So with that being said. It was simplicity, and I, I loved it, man, because I knew what my job was every single uh, game, um, every single you know week leading up to that game. I knew what I was going to do, so I loved it, man. It was easy, you know. Like I, I don't want to sit here and say football is easy because it's not, but from that standpoint, the X's and O's, I had it made. But was I having fun with it? Well, we were successful for a couple years with it, okay, and then towards the end, teams started to catch on an offense. But I'm going to say this: Is it easy? No. Is it going to be fun, though, if we can succeed? Absolutely. Because when we add new wrinkles every single week, you know what that means? It means more guys are making plays. It means more guys are getting those sports center top ten nominees and scoring touchdowns on defense. And to me, that's what football is all about, man. It's about having fun. It's about making plays. It's about getting interceptions, causing fumbles, quarterback sacks. And it's about celebrating in the backfield and letting the team know, you know what? We hit you right here, and we'll be back for the next play. That's why I get excited when you add wrinkles to a team. All right, take a bathroom break. This is a long interview. When we come back, (laughs) we go to the last part of it. You said controlled. We've nailed that. You said chaotic. We hit on that. Your 4-3 scheme going to a 3-4 to some degree. You're comfortable with it. Well, players thrive in it. You hit on that. You mentioned the word violent. I've watched this football team play, and violent hasn't come to my mind. 
What makes you think this football team can have a violent presence about them and in 2020? Alert, I'm about to go against the players' code a little bit, and there's going to be some players that are not going to be happy with me when oh, we talk about violence. Oh, boy. You remember the – it's like the last dance. Everybody's <laughs> calling out everybody now. Uh, also, when we come back, that's the physical side of things. What about the mental side? Who's going to wear a C for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Who should their captains be in 2020? All that on the way, plus more schedule talk. The opener should be a doozy in the NFL this year, not just for the Jags, but for the entire NFL. We'll get to it on ESPN 690. The, the most important part is having the experience in the room. Um, when we get the young guys, the young bodies who are coming, if they have uh, the idea to just be an open book, ready to soak up all the information, ready to learn. Um, a lot of these kids coming in from college are just athletes who don't have a lot of wear and tear in their body. So if they can soak it all in, do things the right way, and listen to the veterans, uh, there's no telling how far a lot of them can go. Um, the problem is you got to have some of those veterans on the team who know what they're doing, know what they have been um, through the NFL seasons before. Because from college, the NFL is a huge step up, and just mentally in terms of what you got to do on defense, what you have to handle. No matter who you are, when you come in, it's going to take time to, to process it, get a playbook down. That is Joe Schobert. Is he ready to lead? Is he ready to be one of those guys and be a captain? He's the quarterback of this defense. He's been asked to come in and do that. Last guy that was asked to come in and do that in free agency did one heck of a job. That was yeah. Paul Puzlesny. Yep. And so if Schobert can uh, be a little bit of that, and by the way, way more athletic Puzlesny. So a lot of people that didn't like Puzlesny's athleticism gave him a hard time for covering people and never thought he was as good as, as we all made him out to be. Um, this guy has athleticism uh, for days. Uh, now, from a mental, physical, toughness, fundamental standpoint, can Joe Schobert be that kind of guy to kind of just steady this defense? You know, and it's, it's so erratic. This defense was last year. It was so great in 17. It was disappointing, even though it finished top five in 18, because it didn't turn the ball over at all. And in 19, it was just erratic. I don't know another word to say it. It was all over. The, it was Jalen Ramsey. Erratic. Mm-hmm. You didn't know what you were going to get for that three-week span. Well, the Jags defense, you didn't know what you were going to get every single game. Uh, 200 yards rushing, 68-yard touchdown run, um, maybe a sack. You know, it wasn't all bad for the defense last year, but there were too many bad moments. Yeah. So right now you are uh, kind of jumping in on an interview here. Uh, we're on the Kismet, and uh, I'm Shad Khan. You are. You're Austin Lynn. Austin Lade, Todd Wash, new defensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator hopeful. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to figure out an identity for the Jags defense. Mm -hmm. Your identity is controlled, chaotic, violent. Nicely said. We went through already the controlled, and just to recap, it's more the fundamental side of things. This is what Doug Marone and and Todd Wash and guys like that are talking about, really. That is stop the run. Do a better job. Be able to stop the run and know that you can stop the run. Missed assignments, that erratic nature, get rid of it. The next stage of this is chaotic. Mm-hmm. Jags have been a very simple defense for a long time, not just under Wash, not just under Gus Bradley. You even said it going back to yeah. Mel Tucker and, and Jack Del Rio to a degree, yeah. I guess, right? And then we had some success, but once again, I mean, times have changed. Listen, uh, if I'm Todd Wash, I'm saying I'll show you the numbers. We've had success. I mean, yeah. the numbers have said they've had some success, but – this little move to the 3-4 gives you some chaos. Chaos means moving around a little bit. Gives you a little bit of disguise. It's not as simple. You can be multiple. I love that word in football, multiple. <laughs> uh, so we discussed that. The last part is violent. Mm-hmm. And this is really, as the owner, 
and I'm sitting here on the Kismet, and it's another beautiful day in Jacksonville, oh, here on the St. John's River. Who are you telling? This is the one that, in my ownership, we have not been. Mm. We have had violent moments sure. on the defensive side. But if I tell you the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I say, give me three hits mm. in the last couple of years, that you are like, whoa, I don't think you can come up with them. I don't think you can come up with three. And and when when a violent football team, you can come up with a couple of hits. Or with a you player. You can remember, or a player. And you can be like, oh, man. he. How many people still talk about what Donovan Darius did in the Jags uniform? And what do they mention? They mention the hits. Nobody is talked about that in Jacksonville like that. Yeah. And by the way, I think I, I always have to go back and clarify this. And this is to all the players that might listen to this. This is not me calling anybody soft. This is not me disrespecting the violent nature. Every play is violent. Yes. But there are teams that are more physical by nature. And that's their calling card. It hasn't been that here in Jacksonville. And that's not always bad. I'm trying to figure out if that's okay. Because in 17, this was a playmaking defense that scored almost as many touchdowns, it felt like, as the offense at times. And that was okay. That was awesome. That was dangerous for other other teams coming in. But I feel like I need a little more violence. I want a little more violence. But how are we going to get there with this football team? Because you just told me about the chaotic nature and the controlled nature of and how athletic my linebackers are and everything else. But can they be violent? So this is kind of like the third part of my interview right now, right? Yeah. This is this is the, the punctuation. It's going to be a drive home if we get hired or not. Okay, first of all, let me start off by saying this. You cannot have a successful football team and not be violent, especially on defense. Okay, because that's what I'm being, getting brought in for. So in terms of violence... Um, you know, it's such kind of even a taboo word right now, Shad, right? Because we're in 2020 and people hear the word violence and they, they cringe at it, okay? But let's be honest, man. When it comes to violence on a football field, I'll be honest with you straight up. I, I can't teach that, okay? I can ingrain that, but I can't tell somebody to go out there and say, hey, go be violent. Go be violent. No. Either you have that or you don't when you cross the white lines. So I'm going to make sure that I bring in guys that have that trait. I want to make sure that we have guys on this team that still want to stay on this team that have that trait because that's the only way this defense is going to work. Now, you say right now, we have the youngest team in the NFL. Austin, what are you going to do right now with this team to make sure that they bring that violent demeanor when they cross the white lines? Answer is simple, and it's not going to be a great one in terms of the locker room, and they're going to hate me for it. We're going to up training camp a little bit because we have to because we're too young right now. We don't have enough older vets to lead the way. We don't have enough vets who have been here in Jacksonville who know what Jacksonville is all about yet. Sure, we brought in some great guys, but they haven't been here. So you know what we have to do? We have to go from the ground level, and we got to start taking up training camp again and ramping it up a little bit. Now, we're going to be smart. We're going to listen to our guys. We're going to listen to the team positions. We're going to do all that stuff because at the end of the day, players' health should be the number one priority. But we will work as well. We will be. We will work until it is ingrained in us that you know what. Whether you want to trade jerseys after the game, whether you want to walk to the stadium rocking your Louis Vuitton two thousand dollars shoes with your mink coats and your shades, that's fantastic. But as soon as you get on the field, and as soon as I'm calling the plays, you will play with a violent demeanor, or you will not be on this team. That sounds great. Good. But as I so look hard. at my depth chart, okay. Oh, I'm saying okay. Who's going to be my leader of that? 
You mm-hmm. have to when you have an identity, when you have a violent football team, you have a player that you identify with that. Correct. You know, uh, it, it, I think every team does. And you can go through the years and name that player. I think you, when you were talking about the Steelers earlier, you brought up a James Harrison, right? Yeah. Physical player. You didn't think of Lance him as Briggs. a fast player. Or Lance Briggs. Sure. Mm-hmm. Any of those. Josh Allen, Avery Jones, Taven Bryan, Jan, Miles Jack, Joe Schobert, Caleb on Chason, Ronnie Harrison. I'll even bring the safeties in. Ronnie Harrison, Jared Wilson. I'm not going to go to the corners. They don't need to be violent. Al Woods, Devon Hamilton, Rodney Gunther, Dewan Smoot. Yep. You know what? I got to get all the way down to almost my backup linebackers where I say, you know, those guys now, they can knock some heads. Leon Jacobs is like a – he looks like a machine if, if you look at him without a jersey on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He probably He's can knock you into Joe. next week. Sure. And Shaquille Quarterman, Shaq Quarterman, I think brings that. Yep. I think he brings that a little bit to you. Mm-hmm. But they're my backup guys. Sure. Those aren't even my guys. Do we have the personnel on this football team to be violent, to be this physical football team? Shad, if you listen to ESPN 690 and, and go back to, you know, we're on we have a podcast, we're on Apple Music, um, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube. I want you to go back to the beginning of the show when I talked about a 3-4 defense of how essential a middle linebacker is. Okay? Now, I myself play with a guy by the name of I'll call him Puss because I can't pronounce his last name. Yeah, <laughs> played with him for a couple years, still can't pronounce the guy's last name. He understands that. It is what it is. We're still friends, and we're all fine. But We can you, drink to that. Yeah, but we, we exactly. But when you talk about Puzz, Puzz was never the guy who, when he went on the field, is like, oh, we better, you know, like he wasn't screaming at anybody, okay? He didn't really even have that threatening of a demeanor. Now, he looked like a G.I. Joe, Captain America type, but he didn't have a demeanor where he's like, I'm going to knock you into next year. But guess what? When that whistle was blown and the play was called, you could see it in Puzz's eyes that something bad was going to happen for the opponent. So we had faith in him. And he was the guy that was calling the shots. So when I see Joe Schobert and I see all the comparisons to Puzz, to me, it's a Joe Schobert brings, right? Where I don't need a guy like a Ray Lewis who's going to be all leading these crazy dances and leading these pregame you know, breakdowns. I need a guy who's going to get guys lined up. And when it's time to go, the switch goes on and he inflicts damage. And I think Schobert can do that. Okay, and anytime you have your field general, anytime you have your linebacker that can do that, guess what? It's contagious, and that goes to your defensive line. It goes to the guys in the secondary behind them. But that's where it starts. It starts with your linebacking core. I think Schobert can do that, and also I think Miles Jack can do that. Is Miles Jack the biggest talker on the field? Probably not. Does he bring the most violence? We'll see. But you know what? I'm going to put him in a position to be violent. I'm going to put him in a position where I'm going to say, you know what, Miles Jack? I don't need you to guess all these plays. I don't need you to call all these shots, get guys lined up. All I need you to do is run around like your hair is on fire, come downhill, and deliver the pain. And I think Miles Jack can do that. Controlled. Exactly. Controlled, chaotic, violent. Rolls off the tongue. I don't know if we're going to hire you, but we're going to steal that for our (laughs) smoke. I'm going to be doing Uber driving. I'm going to drive past the stadium in big letters with, like, you know, Joel Schobert and Miles Jack or whoever outside the stadium controlled chaotic violence and be like, yeah, that was me. That was, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Where are you trying to go? Yeah, that was me, though. That was yeah. a heck of an interview. Yeah, a heck of an interview. Yeah. Yeah. Fred Austin Lane, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. All right, there's a, a different part of this. We just spent a lot of time talking about this. That, that was a long interview, sir. Was, well, actually, it's kind of short, probably, by uh, okay. NFL uh, standards. I hope so, I guess. Yeah. And we also, if we're going to make this a slogan, we need to do a little bit. Violence a tough one to get away with. I know. So we got to come up with a different word. Aggressive, relentless. Relentless. I like relentless. Yeah. Well, to be fair, that, that was a Mel Tucker thing. That was relentless. 
Do we steal? I mean, he's, he's, he's in college, so. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah he's, fine. He's, he's, he's not going to notice. We just took one of his best players from Colorado. I mean, it's a good point. Yeah, yeah he's, he's cool with it. He's cool with it. You know what's funny about the whole violent uh, physical nature of it? Yeah. I feel like Shinholt is a guy that might give you that more. And so we, we talk defensive end, but their, their offensive side. you saying? <laughs> well, he's built like one. I know, yeah. But their offensive side of the football might get that, actually, that mm-hmm. little edge to him yeah. because of him. Not because of necessarily their offensive line, their physicality, not necessarily their running back in terms of Fournette, although he can he can dish it out. And same thing with John Taylor, too. He's promising in terms of dishing out the violence. Yeah, but I think Chenault would be the guy that would give you the edge, and people would be like, yeah, they're a physical football team right there. It's you know what's interesting is Maurice Jones-Drew gave that to the Jacks. We're right. talking about a guy who's five foot nine, Yeah, but he's the guy that gave that to the Jags. One could say that Debo Samuel was a big reason why the 49ers were so you know physical on offense yeah, as well. I, I would agree, but I feel like their offensive I mean, line this, also got tagged with that. They were set up for success though yeah. before Debo Samuel got there, but he helped. All right, next part of this. So that's the physical side, now the mental oh, side. Okay. We have had a trouble around here naming captains. Mm. A couple of years ago, we had the worst set of captains maybe ever assembled in, in any sport, and I'm talking peewee football, t-ball, or anything. It didn't happen. Didn't work out. I need two captains on the. We're gonna. Sorry, special teams, but I've already named Lorente McRae and Josh Lamboy as your captains. Okay. Spoiler alert. Yeah. We need uh, two on the offensive side okay. and two on the defensive side for captains yeah. of this football team. Can you find them? I think it might mean something this year. We have a young football of course, team. It's gonna mean a lot. You want to say yours first? Because I don't want to. This is a hard exercise. Okay. Listen, I'll start. I got it. You got it? We going offense or defense first, Brent? I'll go and then you go. Okay. Are we going offense or defense first? Yeah, wherever you want to start. Well, you know me. Let's start on the defensive side of the ball then. Okay. Captains right now the way it stands. And then this is a hard one because let's be honest here. Obviously, Yannick Ngakwe is not going to be here for future plans. So, and he might not even be here for the regular season if he gets traded. So we traded he's away gone. our captain. So, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's the only luck. thing that Thanks did for happen your service. in 2018. Yeah. Well, you traded away. I mean, you traded away Clarence Campbell after the season. Well, after, you know? but I'm saying yeah, 18 was season. a mess with the captains. That yeah, would have been yeah. the only thing that would have helped. That would have yeah. added to it. Yeah. So to me, it comes. In my opinion, it comes down to three people. It comes down to Josh Allen comes down to Miles Jack, who's been a captain before, and it comes down to Joe Schobert. Joe Schobert, so here's here's the problem with Joe Schobert, right? Because he hasn't even been here yet. He hasn't even met anybody in person, okay? And it takes a special type of guy to walk through that building day one and earn the respect to the standpoint of, you know what, this guy's special, let's make him a captain. Now, you know who did that? Puzz did that. Puzz, I'll never forget him, man. Puzz walked in the first day. Once again, looks like a, a damn G.I. Joe. I'm like, well, this guy, I, mean, I knew Puzz before, too. I mean, we all, we all knew Puzz before. But he walks in as like, just the aura of like, yeah, this guy's going to be captain for sure. You know, like, I mean, he's just, you, you might as well had a Metallica soundtrack playing behind him when he walked through the door the first time. Like, the, the, the guy had it. You knew what was up. So we had no problem nominating Puzz as a captain his very first year here. And I think Joe Schobert's going to be that same type of guy, especially when you talk about how essential it is to have that middle linebacker in a 3-4 defense who's going to line you up properly. So I'm going Joe Schobert, number one, as a captain. Other one, it comes down to Miles Jack or Josh Allen. Hard decision because both guys are in you know, the Jaguar system for a while. I mean, going forward, they're going to be in the future plans. Miles Jack gets a new contract. Josh Allen's still on his rookie deal going into his second season. 
I would honestly, where it stands right now, I'd go Josh Allen as a captain. Going into a second year. Here's the pro- here's a little bit of an issue with Josh Allen, in my opinion. Yeah. It's, history and recent history hasn't been good on that. Miles Jack, a young player. Telvin Smith, a young player. And even second-year player Leonard Fournette was voted a captain, and sure. that really didn't work out that year. I'd be a little nervous of the, of the young guy. But, but I, Josh you, Allen's not those guys. I know, and yeah. you don't have a lot of choices, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you've got a lot of young guys. It's a young football team. I, I don't – so you said Miles Jack and Josh Allen? No, I said Joe Schobert and, uh, and, and Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. I'm going to take the whole responsibility thing with you off of Miles Jack as well mm-hmm. because it didn't work last year. I mean, right out of the gates, he gets ejected from the game. Yeah. Wasn't a good look. Bad look. Yep. I think Miles Jack can still you – know, listen, guys can play a captain's role without wearing the seat. Of course. But I'm not going to put it on his plate. I agree with you on Schobert. I think Schobert's going to be a guy that he needs to lead it. Yeah, they've asked him to. He needs to. It doesn't matter where he's been, how he hasn't been here, how many people he knows. Do some icebreakers, make some phone calls, and you're the guy. Uh, you have to be that. I, I think he's the quarterback of that defense and, and brings the, the veteran presence. Here's what's an interesting one for me. And you tell me if this can happen. Mm-hmm. But I actually think a great guy to be a captain for this defense is D.J. Hayden. Hmm. He is tough. He's no nonsense. He's veteran guy. He's on the field enough. Sixty-five. He doesn't necessarily start yeah. because he's a nickel guy. I wonder if that's a problem. Yep. But he's on the field a lot, man. Yeah. And I think he's pretty well respected. He didn't have time for the. It didn't feel like I should say have time for the BS of Jalen. You know, he was like, "Let's go play football." Mm-hmm. Uh, guy's faking a back injury. He's walking into a hotel the night before a game with a boot on his foot, limping in, and plays the next day. Mm-hmm. You know, he's that guy. I think he's earned the respect. I think, again, if he if there was a such thing as a nickel Pro Bowl guy, he would have been it. He's talented. Last yeah. year. And talent means something in choosing a captain. Talent, tough, veteran guy. Mm-hmm. I feel like gives me a little bit more than maybe Josh Allen or all those guys could be. And I don't want to put extra weight on, on the young guys. Sure. And so, I, you know, I really think I just don't know his role in the team. Avery Jones. I mean, could Avery Jones be in that role? He's the He's the Papa figure in there, man. He's yes. the longest tenured guy. He's a fun guy. I think people respect him. I just don't know how they see him. And again, if he's not starting and now Woods is the guy, exactly. but it's a little different with Hayden. Hayden, his position doesn't necessarily start, but he's in there on the second play of the game. Sure. You know, so I, I like Schobert, but I also like a guy who's been here and I, I give Hayden the, the nod. And, and I'm thinking Hayden on the defensive side. And listen, I'm, I'm not mad at that at all. You know, I mean, I think it's a great pick. Um, you know, as, as far as Josh Allen's concerned, and I get what you're saying here. Going into a second year, that's a lot for him to handle. But, Brent, you talked to Josh Allen. We, we've seen Josh Allen in press conferences and interviews. Josh Allen has the maturity and the mindset of a 10-year vet. Simple as that. He does. Okay? He, he would handle it fine. Simple as okay? that, man. I'm not Simple trying to knock that. him. Yeah, exactly. So... I lean a little more towards Josh Allen just because, and listen, the, the, the criteria of a captain is different on every single team, and you can make an argument and say, well, usually the best player should be captain. Well, I say Jalen Ramsey, and you say, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was never a captain. So there is that, but I think with Josh Allen's mentality, his mindset, his maturity, and the fact that that guy can go on the field and make a lot of plays you know, and cause chaos, I wouldn't mind putting the C on him, but I, I can see where you're coming from with Hayden as well. All right, on the offensive end, I'll go first. I don't see any need to change Brandon Linder and what he is. 
uh, on that offensive line. He's been around a long time. He's wore the C before. Mm-hmm. A couple years ago when he wore the C, he didn't finish the season. He's coming off arguably his best year as a pro. He's seen a lot. Uh, and I think quietly he's respected. He doesn't say a whole heck of a lot, at least that we know from a public standpoint. Plays but, a very important position, the, so, kind of the field general of the offensive line. Absolutely. He's right in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. That guy in the middle, whether you're talking baseball or football, is an important guy, and we're talking about that on the defensive side with Schobert. Yeah. And, man, I am rolling this entire season. I'm rolling the dice on this entire season with Gardner Minshew. He is my face of my franchise right now. He is the alpha dog, according to a lot of his teammates. He's respected in that way. Mm-hmm. Put it on him. Put it on him. He is the guy. He he. And, and you know what? When you do that, you tell him we believe. You're telling the rest of the team, while there's all these doubters nationally that don't believe in him, that who knows if he'll make it through the 16 games, you're telling your football team, go follow this guy. We believe in this guy. Look what he's done. What a story. He's going to outwork you. Go f- just like... A lot of captains do, mm-hmm. and I think it would be a smart move. You're already rolling the dice on this season a little bit. I think I would add to that roll and yeah. put Gardner Minshew and give him a C. I agree with you there. Okay, so you had Brandon Linder and Gardner Minshew. be honest with you, I mean, that, that could easily have been my choices too, but since I'll play the contrarian a little bit, I got to go Gardner Minshew first of all, because you said it. I mean, the the, the entire season rolls on Gardner Minshew, okay? So yes, that guy's absolute captain. He's earned his C, his story, what he's brought to the team, the respect that he's earned, the most important position in football. But of course, Gardner Minshew's a C. I make a case for DJ Chark to be the other captain. Now, one could say Leonard Fournette, but let's be honest, man. He's not going to be here going forward. How does he feel about almost getting traded? You know, I can guarantee a, Leonard Fournette yeah. won't be a captain. But, but I mean, but I'm saying, but you could, I mean, he has matured, though. Brent, right? He's kind of taken the necessary steps to be an NFL caliber guy. But yeah, I agree with you, okay? So I'm going DJ Chark. And I think sometimes whether, you know, it's you lead by example or you lead by, you know, your voice and your actions, whatever it is. And I don't know what type of guy DJ Chark really even is. I mean, I've seen the press conferences. Seems just like a pretty laid back dude. He he's, been pretty- a, he's, he's been a friend on the show before. Um, seems like a pretty chill guy. But DJ Chark has figured the game out. And I say that from his first year into his second year, he's figured out how to be successful. Okay. He's found the right formula. And I think going forward, he's going to continue to be successful. Now, whatever the rhyme or reason why that happened to J.J. Chark, I can't say. But he figured it out. And no disrespect to Brandon Linder, because once again, I, I'd make him a captain, absolutely. But to play the contrarian, make D.J. Chark a captain, because this is a guy that kind of came out of nowhere a little bit and now is one of the faces of the team, whether you like it or not. He's a pro bowler. People are talking about him, so make him a captain as well. All right. Uh, I don't mind it. Uh, we will take your suggestions, by the way, on the captaincy for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who would you name? Uh, Bone City Cap just said on offense, Dilla and Dilla. On defense, Dilla and Dilla. I'm blocking Cap. Shots fired. So salty, though, huh? Uh, Mike King says Linder, Minshew, Allen, and Lambeau. Snugs says Fournette, Linder, Miles, Jack, McCray. See, there's a lot of Fournette guys out there. There's one. <laughs> uh, hey, by the way, we're going to give away a Metro Diner $50 gift card right now. Caller number three. That's because week three might be that primetime game, says Dilla. <laughs> 904-362-9901 or star star 690. Caller number three. $50 Metro Diner gift card. Get your ready-to-heat brunch, lunch, and dinner meals ready. 
And you got to order them by Friday. Now you have until tomorrow. Meat lovers, casserole, roasted turkey, or pot roast for Mom's Day. You can pick them Whoa. up tomorrow, Saturday, or Sunday. But you got to order them up by tomorrow. Fifty dollar gift card. Call in nine zero four three six two nine nine zero. Little correction. It's actually week two for Miami Thursday night. Is what Dilla said. Oh well. What it's is caller number, number three. three? There you go. Nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one. We'll be right back. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. 